0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And welcome you into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host Daniel Shoptaw C70. It's bad at C70 on Twitter. With me as always, Alan Medlock, Red Dirt Redbird, A Medlock One on Twitter. Coming to you Friday morning after the Cardinals have finished off the sweep of the Pirates. Um, a little bit of an odd sweep, Alan. I mean, the first two games were kind of what you'd expect. You know, Adam Wainwright being Adam Wainwright, and we we'll really want to talk some about him as well. Um, you know and the, and the Cardinals kind of just taking care of the Pirates yesterday's game was a little bit different and uh, a little bit a little bit scary um let's start with that and let's start with the injuries that happened in yesterday's game Wade LeBlanc leaves after two innings um, elbow I don't know if they said inflammation they said anyway they sent him back to st. Louis seems like he's gonna be out for an extended period, at least some period of time, injured list. Um, with Flaherty coming back, that kind of mitigates it some, but that still is not a, a great thing for the Cardinals.
0: No, especially such a stabilizing arm that they've had. Um, the uh, he, Yeah, it stinks for him because, you know, he came over as an afterthought, and has really kept them above water, you know, and really pitched well and given them what they need. Um, they so do have some reinforcements coming. I think we're, both a little skeptical on the Michaelis thing a little bit, but it if things line out like it like it looks like it might, we may get you know Wainwright Flaherty Michaelis next week against Milwaukee, which I think was some of the plan with Flaherty anyway. Now I read something interesting. I think it was Katie Woo that had put it out that they think Flaherty may go Friday and Thursday of next week, which would put him the last game of that series. Which would get, leave a pretty big hole for the eighteenth that Wednesday. So it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. I can't imagine being sent back to St. Louis for uh, imaging. Doesn't at least put you on the t- you know put you put you on the ten day DL. You know it's one of those RIL. The uh, that's going they're going to have to be cautious with that, just like they're going to have to be with Kim, and uh, they just can't catch a break. Now we also. 30 minutes of our show last week was how they were going to make room for all these guys. And now we're wondering how they're going to potentially gain innings in a game next week.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've, and you know, that's, that's what we usually talk about in spring training, right? You know, oh, they've got too many pitchers. How are they going to do this? How, and then somebody gets hurt or somebody, you know, falters or whatever, and the decisions are pretty much made for you. And that's kind of happening again here, you know, today the Cardinals will put Wade LeBlanc on the injured list. They'll bring back Jack Flaherty and they'll have to waive somebody from the minor leagues to free up a 40 man spot. But, you know, pretty much that took care of it. Um, you know, we saw that earlier in the week when it's like, OK, Daniel Ponce de Leon's got to come back. What's going to happen? Well, uh, KK goes on the injured list. Um I worry about what's going to happen with Miles Michaels at this rate. Uh, who, who's going to wind up <laughs> clearing room for him? But you know, it's 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 been a kind of a tough week when you think about it. I mean, we, we're kind of getting used to the Cardinal injuries, and we're also in that part of the season where, and we were talking about before the show, but just trying to decide. You know, you kind of not really looking at Milwaukee, but the wild card's still kind of there, and you know, maybe the the focus isn't quite what it used to be. Um, but the Cardinals have had a lot of people hurt this week. Um, and you know, it's tapping into reserves that they don't necessarily actually have. Yeah. They, it's, it's funny how
0: we thought that they would be such a strength in their depth would, mm-hmm. would carry them all year. And it has been tested all season. And then even coming back when we think there may just be too many, now they just don't have enough. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy how it's all worked out. Um, you know, this is kind of sidetracking on on something else a, a little bit. I do wonder if that Wednesday is open and they don't fit Michaelis into that. If it's not Rondon that gets the start, he's pitched pretty well in Memphis, and I kind of think that they just want to take a break from the Oviedo Woodford, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, duo.
1: Yeah, I would definitely say that. You know, somebody, this it was not, I guess, last week or something. Uh, it was pointed out on one of the minor league broadcasts, I guess, that uh, you know it was making his first back-to-back yeah. starts in Memphis. Yep. You know, and that's kind of crazy to think about. Um, but this guy needs it. I mean, we've talked about it so many sure. times. So yeah, you're right. If they can find an option for uh, you know a little bit of relief there, that's not him to to kind of keep him in that that roof. You know, I am not. I know that they talk about doing the same thing for Woodford. You know, I'm not sold on Jake Woodford being anything more than what we've already seen. Um, so if they brought Woodford up for a spot start and sent him back down, I you know, I don't think it's going to affect his development. I don't think it's going to really do anything. I also don't know that it would be very effective to bring him up, but, you know, that's a different story. Um, but I think you're also right is that they would probably like to, you know, go to a different route and see what Rondon has done. He pitched, he pitched earlier this year. or Was it, um, last year? Cause he is on the 40 man. right? Yeah. I don't, you know, he's been up, but he hasn't gotten to start. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think he worked at a bullpen. Yeah. Uh, or two. It was one of those situations early in the year where we we're trying to figure out why they weren't using him. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Cause they called him up and then just let him sit there and, and, uh, and then he went back. Um, and, and we didn't really understand. That's right. So, um, it would be nice to see something a little bit different. Um, Yeah. So it's getting close to time, you know, here we are the 13th. So it's two and a half weeks till rosters expanded again, rosters expanding. is not what it used to be. It's only two spots, but it's gonna be interesting to see how the Cardinals use that. And it may be that if they could bring Rondon up now and he does well, that he gets to be one of those spots. Yeah. I, I don't know. It'll be something to, something to see. But um, y- you also pointed out that it very well could be, you know, Flaherty, Wainwright, and Michaelis against the Brewers. And the Cardinals are 11 games behind the Brewers. And you all right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I have a cat that likes to jump in the middle of yeah, everything. That's right, right? Yeah, It sounded like uh, everything just collapsed over there. Yeah. Um, Anyway, um, I know that the Cardinals are 11 games right now behind the Brewers, and they're not going to catch the Brewers. The Brewers are, are a really good team. The Cardinals are a 500 team, really. Um, it's hard to say them as much more than that. But I can also see the Cardinals, one, treating that as a last stand and throwing all their best pitchers at them. And two – making the Brewers earn it to some degree. Right. I mean, you know, I think the Cardinals, especially all the way back to the Tony La Russa era was like, it may not mean anything to us, but we're going to make sure that if it means something to you, you're going to, you're going to get our best effort. And I think that might be part of what they're thinking there is, you know, line up our best ones. And if Milwaukee gets through them, you tip your hat and you, you don't have to worry about it. And if you win all three, then you're, you know, at this point, you're what eight games back. Still have a lot of games with them. Who knows? Um, so I think this is does feel it just feels like if you're going to run those three guys out there, that it's like, you know, one one last shot.
0: Yeah, for the first time this year, just to, just to see. I mean, it's uh, you know they banked on their head to heads. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So they feel like they were going to have to win every one of them. I I would think that they look at next week as a must win series. Which they should every series from here on out.
1: Yeah, I mean, you and I were talking beforehand, but they really can't afford to lose any series throughout the rest of the year. And, you know, in August, it's a good chance that they won't. I mean, that Milwaukee series kind of being the only real exception, um, they've got a red series at the very end of the month, that carries into September, That you, you, that's going to be a big deal. But, you know, they, they start, they get another set with Kansas City this weekend. If they don't win two out of three there, that's a problem. Um, after the Brewer Series, you've got three with the Pirates, two with the Tigers, four with the Pirates. We've seen how bad the Pirates can be. You're not going to win all seven of those games or all nine if you count the Tigers, but you've got to win six or seven of them, you know. Um, You know, they've got chances. But And and they've done since the Atlanta Series, not counting the Atlanta Series, and we – Atlanta's a better team than hits record showed when they matched up, right? You know, yeah. Atlanta was under 500 when the Cardinals saw them. They are now like almost in first place, and then least East, which is part of the in you know, Easts East issue. But um, they're they're good, and they've you know reinforced at the deadline. But they've won two out of three from the Twins. They've won two out of three from the Royals, and they swept the Pirates. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is better than what we saw in June when they had all these weak teams and they just could not beat any of them. They seem to be be a little bit more of a, you know, quote, quote, good team, a team that puts a good game together. And that's really because the pitching right now is much better than the pitching it was in June.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's – yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, that's – This so far, I think that you've got more than you wanted out of Hap, and probably a little less than you wanted out of Lester. But the signs are there that Lester could be okay, you know. And that's what they wanted; is they just wanted some consistency and to to, to kind of change the course a little bit, you know. I hope injuries just don't derail that, you know. At this point, with with the LeBlanc deal, but decisions were going to have to be made regardless. So you pitch, you win. That's the kind of ball ball club they are, and 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 maybe they can they could make things a little bit interesting down the the stretch if they keep pitching like they are now.
1: Yeah, and and that's what it's going to have to boil down to because you look at these scores that they put up against these weaker teams, they're not scoring eight or nine runs a game. You know, they've got a couple of sevens in there, but they're still just winning four to two, four to one, five to two, four nothing. You know, they're not – that offense still doesn't click completely no. we've seen no. you know we've seen this week Arenado and Goldschmidt both kind of s- s- scuffle a little bit at the same time Arenado's hit into I think 800 double plays this week um, <sighs> I think the actual number um yeah have, there were three I mean, of his last six
0: at bats at one point right. I know that
1: right it's uh and and they haven't been killers although the one yesterday almost turned out to be a, ba- a big deal uh, the one because he was it last night? No, it was, it was Wednesday night. He hit the one in the ninth inning. I was thinking he hit one on Thursday on the in the ninth, but he didn't. um, but you know we haven't seen them really kind of click. Um, the fifth spot has been a mess, in my opinion. I'm not really sure. Do you understand what Mike Schilt is doing with his lineup with that fifth spot? Because we, you know, Molina's there a lot. We saw Matt Carpenter there this week. We saw Matt Carpenter hit fourth this week, which really didn't make sense. Uh, we saw Tommy Edman hit fifth. Is I mean, I I can't really f- figure out exactly what he's trying to do, except you know maybe like have two sections of his lineup, and and the fifth spot just happens to be whoever's left.
0: Yeah, maybe so. I, you know, I don't know. That's uh, to me, that's always a relieve pressure. Get up and take your hack spot. And I feel like it benefits a ton of guys to hit in the middle, but to hit in the fifth spot. But it doesn't. I don't know if they necessarily. I now, I think they're wrapped up with Molina hitting with guys on base.
1: Yeah, you know, and probably they
0: may probably should be. You know, because that's about the only time that he actually really does. You know, but I, I don't know. I mean, I. It, it's tough to wrap your head around the lineup stuff. You know, and I don't know how much they buy into that. It doesn't really matter, but that's, that's not the case. So they wouldn't do the, the Goldschmidt to Arnold three situation so many times. Um, You know, I don't know. Uh, That's this, we haven't touched on it yet, but the lineup what makes me nervous is if Carlson's out any period of time, because then we may see some pretty strange looking lineups or maybe you do finally give Vader a chance to lead off for a little while and, and see what he could do. But I'm not so sure they're committed to that. And uh, it it's it's kind of a head scratcher on how they how they do everything else after that, especially in this deal the where they just they're in love with the Edmund hitting right handed and leading offset situation. And yeah. I, and a lot of times I'm just like, well, why don't you just let Bader do it? Because that's what you've said forever on Bader's how well he is left handed pitching.
1: I don't, I don't understand. Now, to be fair, in Baders cooled down in August. I mean, this month he's hitting six for thirty six, so that's one sixty seven. Has no extra base hits. So the the you know, the little spurt he had kinda in in July, especially after the All Star break, has kind of cooled off. But why he had why they didn't ever move him up, I don't know if it was they thought he was comfortable down there. They thought maybe pitchers weren't going after him as hard down there. I don't know. But if Harrison Bader is hitting, you would think that you would want him, you know, he's getting on base more than Tommy Edmund is. So it's not just a, you know, on base situation. It's that speed is there. I mean, you could go, you know, put him there at Carlson and then you're, you know, you could be first and third for Goldschmidt and Arnauto to come up. Yeah. um, Without too much trouble. Uh, I don't, there's something there. I don't know if they just don't feel like Edmund can, or a Bader can handle that. If they are afraid that he would change his approach because he's leading off. Possibly. And, yeah. I mean, but I yeah. don't know, I mean, you know, if they're doing that and I get that they know their players better than anything. Yeah. But it still makes me feel like, like you're not giving your players enough credit that right? It, no, I agree with that. And that's, that's
0: my I feel like the Cardinals fall into this, but since they're under a microscope for us, it may be every team. I you know what I'm not real sure. I really like Edmund as a player. Like really, really like Tommy Edmund as a player. But I feel like they've put him in, in situations to fail more than they have succeed. And that makes it tough because I feel I think there's some overexposure right now. You know, and that, that concerns me a little bit because the lack of creativity to find ways around that hasn't been there.
1: Yeah, I mean, we have talked. Everybody has talked that Tommy Edmund is a good asset to a team if he's being moved around, if he's not necessarily playing every day. Um, you know what? What's the name that has everybody has said about Tommy Zobrist or Tommy? Zobrist, yeah, so you know, you know, yeah, Ben Zobrist. Yeah, You know, he's obviously not a different type of you know, bat than Ben Zobrist was, but that idea that he could play second. He can play short. He can play often. And they have moved Edmund around, but I don't, you know, honestly, for the most part, Edmund is either playing second or he's playing right field. And I think the, you know, one, he's got other options. Two, the fact that Tommy Edmund is your default, you know, guy to play right field or, or whatever. Um, when somebody has to, you know, Tyler O'Neill's out or, or Dylan Car, that just doesn't no, you've got to have better outfielders than that, and it, and, and, and the, I mean you have Lars bar sitting on your that's bench
0: yes, and
1: you're that, not that, letting him play.
0: That's what bothered me the most yesterday, and it was easy to say after he hit after you hit a homer, you're just like, oh, now you say this. But my was why doesn't he not get a start in that? I mean, they feel like they have to play Carpenter in those situations, and I and, and nothing against Carpenter to me. I'm just my thing is give the guy a start. When's the When's the bar's last start? I'm not um, smart enough to look it up, but I, I mean I can't remember um, it.
1: I don't either. I mean, for a while there, of course, you know, and Kyle, I've been listening to Kyle first with Ben Serudi and now he's now I'm listening to him and uh and the Cardinal Off Day guys. But you know, he's pointed out that, you know, they've not done Newt Bar any favors by no. the yeah. taxi squad where basically he's not playing anywhere. It's, it's tough. Um and then yeah, he just kind of sits on the bench. He has started he, um, yeah, the last time he started was June 28th. Um, that straight June day, 28th, wow. When he, came, when he came up, remember he came up and he played pretty much every day, right? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six straight games where he played every day, a whole game. And then this game against Arizona, he went, he started and went to seven. And that was the last time that he got, he got, yeah, that he came into a game before, you know, he's gotten, he's pinch hit basically every other time because he has not played. He played inning six and seven, eight and nine in the double uh, in the games earlier this month, but he has not gotten more than one plate appearance since June, since he So, um, yeah, since the beginning of July to now, he is two for five with two walks. Oh, wow! And granted, he's not been up this whole time. That's there's some, you know, there's some of that, but he's been up most of it. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, he's been up, you know, a lot of the second half, and he's, he he does. And we've, you know, that's a thing that we've seen. Of course, we've seen it with Schilt, but we've seen it with Mike Matheny, uh, which again, I, I I like Mike Schilt, and I hate the fact that these Mike Matheny comparisons keep coming up. Yeah, yeah, but they keep coming up, you know. And and there are some things that I think Schilt's better at but there are some things that are be done the same now let's also be fair to both of those guys you know we continue to talk about how baseball is shifting from you know that manager model to the middle manager model and everything comes from the front office so you know if we're seeing similarities between Mike Matheny and Mike Schilt it may be because their marching orders that common denominator may not be in the dugout. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now I don't know, you know, and it may just be this, you know, as we talked about, I think last week, there's the post that I wrote. It may just be that everybody's been there for so long. And so everybody does it the same way. And it doesn't matter who you've got, they're going to do the same things, but you know, there needs to be some sort of, you know, I just, I, I don't get, you're right. I don't get you starting Tommy Edmund when you've got an actual outfielder outfielder that's exactly what i was going to say
0: you took the words out of my mouth i was getting ready to say the exact same thing i was like it would have made a, a ton of sense and but they do feel like they have to play carpenter so much and 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 i get it a little bit but he's as fresh as he's going to get you know mm-hmm. and it's it's one of those i can the june 28th start blows me away i if you honestly if you just said you know, a week and a half ago, I'd have been like, man, that's too far. But, you know, th- it makes sense. But, man, over a month, that's that's ridiculous. Almost two months. It, it, it's months—it's—it's—it's it's detrimental to the team and the player at that point.
1: Yeah. And, then, I mean, again, he's gotten some playing time in that span. But, you know, he's been up for quite some time. And uh, let me see if I can see. If you have that
0: little faith in that fourth outfielder spot, that just like I was telling you this week, go get Reddick for nothing he's a veteran that's going to handle that a lot better than a young player.
1: Yeah. You would think so. I mean, he, it's, it, he,
0: it's stupid. I mean, it just holds development.
1: You know? Yeah. That's the thing. Let these guys develop. Let's see. He has been on the active roster. Uh, let's see. When did he first, he came up, he came up, he has been active since seven thirty. Uh, new bar has since the, since I traded for Lester and you know, they, uh, sent out Thomas. So I think they brought new bar up then. Um, and since that, I mean, he's been active since then. And that is, um, that is six games. He's played in five plate appearances at bats, two hits Homer, you know, he's two for four for the walk in that time period. Um, I think some of us, it, because we're not seeing that much, we kind of think of, and you know, his overall stats, you know, his overall hitting is 200, so we think, well, you know, he's just not done much. And part of it is because he hasn't played. But, you know, even when he's had his opportunities of late, and they've been very minimal, but he's actually done a little bit with them. Um, at some point in time, you would think that, hey, it would earn you a start. And maybe, maybe it does tonight. Who knows? I can't, if, if, Carlson's, if Carlson's out, and you can't imagine – I can't imagine Carlson plays tonight, no matter if he doesn't go on the injured list. He's not playing tonight, right? Um, I I would think that's the case. Yeah,
0: with imaging, yeah, I, I can't. Mean, I,
1: I, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I would hope that they would sit him out. You know, maybe he's available yeah. in shit or whatever, but I can't imagine he's starting. I mean, I know. Let's see. I I know that I think Newbar's had some trouble with the lefties, but still, I I, well, I have to put him out there. Yeah, well,
0: I, I would think that he or Rondone have to play tonight. Because you're going to have the DH in play. And I would think yeah. that that's going to yeah. be Carpenter. But we've seen them do strange stuff on that, too, to where it could be Rondon, uh, DH, and Carpenter. Playing sec- you know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it, they may find a way to not make it happen.
1: I, you, you sometimes think that they make an effort not to. But you're right. With the DH, and I'd forgotten that we're playing in Kansas City with the DH. But,
0: you know, the, the Sosa element could, you know, because I feel like he'll – I bet Sosa plays second at night and Edwin plays right field. Hmm. I would bet that's the case.
1: I mean, I'm not going to rule that out at all. I think we just—I mean, we kind of saw that. We saw Ed. We saw Sosa play second. What yesterday? Yeah.
0: Um. I at, tw- at least once in the series. I know. Yeah. You're not going to sit in the young right now. Um. Yeah. You got to kind of strike wait feel like he's building on. Well, I want to bring the young up later in the show anyway, but he is. Uh, he's going to play. Yeah. I bet that's how they do it tonight I bet Sosa plays second I bet Edmund plays right
1: uh, and you, I'm not like that I'm not arguing with you
0: no oh I know I agree it, <laughs> and, it's it's all in the roster management that gets frustrating mm-hmm.
1: uh, yeah I don't know I mean I like to see Sosa play and I think he's got he can help a team. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what exactly he is necessarily. I mean, there are games where he's awesome and there's games where he's not. And of course, his defense is, is, is pretty solid. But yeah, to to do that makes sense. You know, to put Sosa at second and DeYoung at short, okay, I can do that. But, yeah. you know, that would be a real good time for Edmund not to play. Because it's not like Tommy Edmund, and again, this is, we're not, we're not criticizing Tommy Edmond necessarily here. Yeah, but it's not like Tommy Edmund is this you know slugging force that you have to get in the lineup. I mean, he's fine. He's you know, I I'm player, but yeah,
0: I believe they feel that way when he's hitting right handed though,
1: and they do because you're right. They keep leading him off up there. It's funny to see a guy lead off one night and play at bat eighth the next night. Yeah. Um, and I understand playing the splits and stuff. That makes sense, but it wasn't working either until, you know, Edmund hit that home run. Um, you know, he'd been like over 16 over the last few days, um, you know, trying to do that leadoff stuff. Then he hit the home run in Pittsburgh and then he didn't do anything else. Um, you know, I don't, I just don't, I don't quite get it. I get it his value to the team and he is valuable. I'm not, but you know, his, his on-base percentage is under 300. He has, you know, he's not a slugger. He's not necessarily even a guy that gets, I don't think, and maybe I'm just not thinking of it um, without looking at the stats. I don't feel like he gets just a ton of like clutch hits or anything. I mean, he's a solid, good utility guy. That in days past, utility guys, you know, were those guys you used here and there, but you didn't use them every day. I don't know. Yeah,
0: well, he's a valuable guy. There's no doubt. I mean, and as a utility guy, he has a chance to lead them in doubles this year. Mm. I don't know how indicative that is of the rest of the lineup, though. You know that that could be the trouble. But I I look. What frustrates me about now, Sosa, Sosa being on the roster adds an element to this, but are you ever amazed that they're so willing to play him at right, play him at second, play him in left when he has to rumors that he can play center, but he never gets a shot at shortstop, yeah. you know, because that, I mean, that makes you pretty dang valuable and you could be an everyday player in, an, in a different position type deal. I think he's overexposed. Like I said earlier, and probably needs to be more of that extra piece than a starting rotation guy. Um, but it's it's weird. It's just strange how they make the roster up a little bit because I just don't feel like it's any detriment to him. I feel like it's a detriment to him.
1: Yeah. Now you said that about him lead the team in doubles. Maybe um, one of the reasons he leads the team in at bats. Yeah. I mean, he's the guy that this team has put out there more often than anybody else. Now, not not completely true because we're not looking at plate appearances. And Goldschmidt's walked more and so But he's right up there. I mean, you've got Goldschmidt, sure. Leonardo, Tommy Edman have taken the most, you know, have been at the plate more than anybody else on this team. And two of those, you make sense. And one of them doesn't. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, and, and,
0: and it's one of those situations, too, to where uh, uh, he doubles are doubles, with it, with that, without a doubt. Right. But right. his speed's the game-changing element, you know, in yeah. those. Um, whether that fits into this argument, I don't know, but I think that those attributes are where they feel like he has to play every day. And I just don't know if that's the best for him.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, he's got 19 steals and the next closest is nine. So they, they like that part of his game. I mean, I feel like some of these guys are fast enough. They could run if they let them, um, I mean, Tyler O'Neill's second went nine. And if I mean, we know Tyler O'Neill's fast. I don't know how well he's a base runner, you know. I don't know how uh, how anxious they are for him to be stealing bases either. <laughs> you know, uh, I guess that's part of it, but um, I don't know. I say you're. Uh, we'll will be interesting to see the the lineup today and see how well you're if you're right on on that. Now you said you want to talk about talk, Paul Young. We're right in this middle infield stuff. Why don't we just go shift over to that? Young, you know, he he had a hot stretch. Kind of cooled off at like an 0 for eighteen. Now he's hitting again. Um, are you seeing anything different? We had an article this week on the in the Post Dispatch talking about how he was he had kind of changed up his approach, um, trying to you know hit through the ball, instead sort of round the ball, that kind of stuff. You know, that kind of stuff. Sometimes you hear from players, and sometimes it's good, and sometimes it sometimes it's true, and sometimes it's just you know what they want to say. But at least over the last few days, whether that's because of the competition or whatever. Yeah. It seems to have clicked a little bit with him.
0: It, sure. Well, it's funny because you look at it and think, boy, DeYoung, he just doesn't have a place next year. And, man, he's bottomed out. And, and I agree with that. My, You know my issues with him is yeah. I just don't understand how you can go from 30 homers, 30 doubles to nothing. Well, you know, after a quiet season, now you look, he's going to hit 20 homers, and his OPS plus is going to be around 100. He's going to be a league average player and play a good shortstop. And it's one of those – is he just gaining traction now or, you know, what, what's the situation with the young? Because I, the a hot finish makes me question whether they're going to move off him. Um, and I don't know. And sometimes I think that that may be the best move but i don't know it, it's funny even as close as last weekend we were thinking man they're going we're going to have to do something with the young and then when you look at the stat line you're like well it's not not much different than i actually thought it was going to be i remember at first the season i said hey in 6 months you're going to look and de young's numbers are going to be where you thought they were but he's going to have the highs and lows man that may still be true and i feel like this year's been more of a low than anything
1: you're right i mean looking at his numbers 2008 you know his first I'll say his first full year. It was not 2007, was his big year. His rookie year came out of nowhere, had an OPS of 121, uh, OPS plus 121. But 2018, you know, 25 doubles, 19 homers, OPS plus of 102. Uh, 19, you know, the 30 doubles, 30 homers, OPS was right at 100. Um, and then this year, you're right, he's at 16 homers right now. His OPS plus is at 91. A good. Finish. He's not going to have the doubles, um, but a good finish is going to kind of line him up with what he has been doing um, in di- a little bit different ways, but still pretty close. Now, I wonder if I, I don't think you're. I think I don't think you're wrong. It would be difficult for them to move off of him, but I also wonder if he could show that he's got something. You know, a good good six weeks to end the season. If that doesn't make them a little bit easier for them to trade him, yeah, and then go out because there are so many. The favorable the contract will help on that. Yes, it will, and especially when you know people like you know Corey Seager and stuff are getting huge deals. Now, again, the Cardinals have money coming off the table, but they may not want to spend it all in one place like yeah. that, and so they may want to keep De Young, In which case. <laughs> You know, it really is hard to see how they upgrade this offense. Yeah.
0: No, I agree with that. And this goes into something we'll talk about all of the offseason. If they're if they keep the young and they keep Edmund, they have to have another option that can hit at those Mm -hmm. positions, you know, and I, I don't know if that's money well spent or not, but I think that they have to improve at one of those spots because the outfield's done enough now to where I think that you're probably locked in, at least for next year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't see them. I can't see them unless unless Harrison Bader's little little you know surge at the end of July doesn't continue. I mean like we said he struggled in August if if he can't bounce back a little bit but even so with that defense it's hard. That's to what I was gonna, I was going to
0: say yeah knowing them I think that they're in love with the defense and I I would not be surprised to see Bader sign an extension in the offseason.
1: It, it's possible. Yeah. Um, But you got to be careful with that. Sure, Um, sure. Although he's he's young enough that you're probably all right. But when you've got a guy that, you know, has to play, you know, gold glove defense to be valuable to your team and not necessarily, you know, I mean, just saying when Bader has struggled in the past, you know, if he starts to slip a step or two, then all of a sudden that contract looks kind of iffy. I mean, you know. Do, we saw
0: you, what happened with with, with Matt Harper. Yeah, no, no, no. I no, I agree with that. That's. Uh, I do wonder. If, back to the young, not to circle back do, to this a little no, bit. Right. You know, a guy that's that's plays steady shortstop does not kill you. And actually, is a, is I think he's a really decent. Is a decent shortstop. Um, you do wonder if a guy that's power profile is what it is, and that's what you're going to get out of him. You're going to get the strikeouts, but you're you potentially get, could get homers and doubles. I mean, are you giving up on him too quick? He's 27 years old. You know, that, yeah. that that's a concern I have. I, that, I wonder how much factor that plays into it.
1: There is some of that. But, I mean, if you look You at have to it,
0: improve somewhere.
1: Yeah, you have to improve yeah. somewhere. And I don't... When you look at how... You know, pretty much how consistent he's been, even 18, 19, 20, 21... I mean, you know, you're getting low adding average. You're going to have power, and you're going to have a you know league average OPS plus. It's it's hard to see where he's going to take that step up, you know, and be a guy that you're worried about. Especially since he's play- it's not like a, a Randy Arosarena situation where he hasn't played. I mean, you've seen him play. In fact, you know, 2019, he played 159 games. Well, right?
0: and 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 I don't even mean it as the fear of a trade. I mean it's yeah. mine is more one of those. Is he more valuable with you?
1: Yeah, and that's well that's and that's possible. But you know, there's there's gonna be it's hard to know. I mean, there are teams that would find him and his contract pretty interesting. But I don't I think those are second division teams. Yeah. And I don't know. Obviously, if if I'm Baltimore, I'm I'm all over it. Young in that ballpark, right? Um, But you know, can you get value from a second division team? You know, because they're not likely to be trading you. You know, prospect You know, some big prospects or anything for him. And you know, can you fill a need from that? I don't know. Um, So yeah, it could be that they don't. That they, but then. Yeah, I mean maybe, and maybe he turns into, you know, maybe they have him work at second base this off season, and they still go get a shortstop. And sure, then, I think they know, have
0: to. I think they have to the, add a bat up the middle. That would be the that would be the concern right now. Now, what level that that will that makes it interesting.
1: But if you keep DeYoung, and again, this is off season is speculation, tough. We're probably getting a little ahead of us. But keep DeYoung, that would leave Edmund to be that you know, versatile guy in theory. Yes. Unless they kept running him in the outfield. Um, but then, you know, what does that mean for Edmundo Sosa? Yeah. You know, is he a guy that maybe you do trade off as people think that there's some value in youth, then they think something could come out of him. Um, and of course, he's, you know, league minimum type of thing. Um, and all of this is, you know, way premature because we still don't even know there's going to be season next year. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some, and I know, you know, these are the plans and these are the things that they're talking about in the front office right now too. You know, I mean, I don't, you know, it's not, not, you can, you can juggle the future and the present at the same time, um, which is kind of what we're having to do. Um, yeah. That's going to be going to be kind of interesting. So let's roll back, I guess, to the pitching side of things. Um, you said earlier about you and I know you've said it to me that you're thinking that the results from Lester are not necessarily indicative of the pitching of Lester. Um one I guess what do you, what are you seeing that you think that he can maybe turn a corner. Well, I just my gut tells me that
0: a lot, I mean, you take out one inning of the first start against the Royals and that's a pretty good start. You get kind of scattered in the second one, and that's not not overall the worst start, but the results are the same. You've given up five runs, and you, and you lose the game. I just feel like I feel like there's enough guile with Lester that he's gonna gonna kind of catch steam and, and pitch well and and keep you in ball games. You know, that's I think you're going to get five six innings out of him. I think they're going to be competitive starts.
1: What worries me on him, and I may be wrong, and it's just the two, because I haven't really watched him besides the two starts that he um, has pitched for St. Louis. But what worries me is I'm wondering if there's always going to be that that inning, you know, that, that place sure. where he's going to pitch, you know, he's going to give you a couple good innings, and then they're going to catch up to him. Um, let me pull up. I want to see if his. I mean, it didn't – his first – obviously his first inning – Um, that he pitched, um, for the Cardinals, he admitted he was he was a little bit nervous, a little bit, all that. And he pitched better after that. You're right. Um, but I wanted to see if I could find his, uh, times through the order numbers, um, real quick and I can't, um, Oh, here it is. Here it is. um, yeah. First time through batters are hitting, well, the numbers are bad all the way around. So it, and, you know, that's just part of it. Um, he's actually struggled more. His first 25, <laughs> Early. Um, his second 25 pitches are usually pretty good and then they kind of come back around. So I guess it, what it parts to me is I'm never going to trust that there's not a blow up coming. Yeah. And, and again, like he said, you know, he gave up five singles and a double. But if you're giving them up, you know, right behind each other or at the wrong times, and I guess that's what my concern is. Um, but I can see what you're saying, and I think that that's possible. And hopefully, see, he pitches on Saturday, Saturday. so hopefully, we'll see that. Uh, against the Royals, I got to say, this I was writing the preview, uh, for the Substack last night and realized this has got to be one of those really weird situations in the fact that the Cardinals are seeing the exact same three pitchers from the Royals on the exact same order. Uh, how do, often that doesn't really happen much. You know, I mean, even if, when you see a team close together, you you'd usually, you might catch one or two of the same pitchers, but you don't always seem to catch the same three in the same order. That's weird. And hopefully the Cardinals have similar results. Against yeah. the first. Keller's season. pretty good. That's what kind of concerns yeah. me a little bit. Yeah, he is. And, and Bubik, he worked out of trouble That's last true. time.
0: So, and you know, Miner is a guy I would have liked to have seen as a Cardinal.
1: And <laughs> I know Ben Godard talked about it on on his show, too. Is expecting that to be kind of a guy that the Cardinals would like to yeah. trade for. And um, I imagine the price was just a little bit higher. I don't know if Kansas City has plans for him. or Well, he's a free agent, though, isn't he? I don't know. Um, but still, I... I get a little bit concerned. I honestly, of course, again, it's an, it's a kind of a moot point now, but I did wonder if, you know, and I still think it's a possibility that Lester doesn't finish the season with the Cardinals. When, if, you know, if Kim comes back, if, um, LeBlanc isn't out for a long period of time, it comes to some sort of roster's crunch that, you know, if Lester has another couple of bad starts, maybe he becomes, and they just, you know, write off Lane Thomas as a guy that they were gonna write off anyway. Um I you know, I'm not saying that's guaranteed, but that's kinda my feeling is I think even when they traded for the car for those guys, the Cardinals had that possibility that at least one of them wouldn't finish the season with them. Um just because of the return of Michaelis and Flaherty and those guys, you know, half works in the bullpen. I don't know if I can imagine Lester in the Cardinal Bullpen though.
0: No, nah, I can't either.
1: Yeah, and I was then, thinking about that. I was like, ah,
0: yeah, we'll see. Uh, but I just don't see that.
1: Yeah, and it may be a moot point, like I said, with the injuries. You know, Kim's going to come back. If he comes back, it seems like he's going to be a reliever. Um, and I, I'm a little concerned that LeBlanc won't be back. Yeah, um, just with where we are in the season and and what we're talking about. You know, you put even if you put somebody on the you know on the D on the injured list for a couple of weeks, you're you're hitting September. Um, you put them much longer than that. They're going to need a, of course, I guess if it was a long, they wouldn't need necessarily a rehab cause they just put him in the bullpen Yeah, um, and, and working from there. But um, it's, it's interesting to, to see how that's kind of <laughs> shifted around this week. But um, I'm a little bit, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. I don't, I don't know that I'm going to say that's going to happen, but I, I wouldn't rule it out.
0: Yeah.
1: But, Hopefully you're right, and hopefully he's you know kind of going to find something because that's what they need. They need some guys that'll the stability. Yeah, yeah, and you know honestly, you know things have been a lot better since June. June was terrible. Um, the pitching staff has been better since then, and the, and the results have been for the most part better since then. Um, but they, they, you know, they still need still need some of that. Also need you know maybe another arm in the. Bullpen. we've talked about it last week but we still saw some shakiness from Gallegos and Reyes um, especially yesterday Gallegos gave up four hits kind of worked around it with some three strikeouts um Reyes got burned by an, uh, an error by Tommy Edmonds, yeah. outfield. Um but also did give up you know a two run home run um you know that didn't you know thankfully didn't tie the game. I'm still, are are you, I mean, for me, I see these guys come in and I don't feel like it's the slam dunk that it was earlier in the year. I just, I'm afraid that they're starting to get worn down.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, that they're getting too uh, cooked situation a little bit. And uh, that's that's a little concerning. Um, I have liked to see the fact that Reyes has come back and has not walked anybody. Um, And yesterday, honestly, that was a great at bat by Reynolds. But it's still a two-run bomb. You are right, and that's one of those things that you, that you can't have. And they're, they're glad they had a little bit of flexibility in that to do it. Um, the automatic guy in their bullpen to me was Gallegos, and that has not been the case his last three or four appearances, and that that's a little troubling to me. That's why I hope Garcia sticks around and gets some outs because they're going to need them late. Because I just I feel like they're they're really in a tough spot back there right now. They pitched well. It seems like the breaking point is coming.
1: Yeah, and especially after last year where people just didn't pitch that much, right? I mean, it's, yeah. We're way beyond, I think I I would guess, let me look and see. Yeah, I mean, you know, Guy goes through 15 innings in the season last year, and obviously that's you know, he's at 58.2 now. He's probably going to set a career high in innings, um, which is an issue as well and some of, of what we've seen, but you know, I, yeah, you're right. I, I all year long, I always felt Gallegos was the guy I trusted a lot, even more than Reyes because of Reyes' ability to walk people. Um But it's a, a bit of a struggle now. And I think, you know, and I'm sure that's the case for a lot of relievers around the the big leagues that just are trying are probably, you know, tapped out a little bit because of the shortened year last year. Um But you've got to be able to factor that in, right? I mean, if it's extra days off, it's, it's, you know, using a guy like Garcia in the eighth instead of Guy Ghost, especially in a game that might be two runs or three runs, instead of, you know, uh, going to Guy even just because it's a, a hold situation, or Reyes even with a, it's a save situation, maybe you're you're flexible enough to do something else. Um, you know, we've talked about it. You know, we haven't seen a lot of Andrew Miller. Um, of course, we saw a lot of everybody yesterday with with LeBlanc going out. But um, and I think. What does, it, does that a little bit concern you for today or for this series? The fact that the Cardinals ran through a lot of arms yesterday. I know that they're arms that can usually handle it, but you know they were just a one inning here and one inning there, and I guess that's because Schilt was trying to protect for this weekend.
0: Yeah, I was thinking so. It was, it was funny when everything happened yesterday. I was thinking, well, they may have to make a bullpen move for tomorrow, and I, I keep wondering if that may not happen regardless, but no one was really taxed. Um, that will be... But that'll be something to watch, especially with Flaherty. I mean, what – I've heard no limits on Flaherty, but does he go past five? You know, I, that that I don't know. I mean, that would be huge if he did, but I'm not sure if that's in the cards for them. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it's its going to be interesting to see today, and I hope it just did not deplete the whole weekend if something happens.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, and as Schultz said, the fact that, you know, Wainwright went on a complete game the night before um, – I can't remember. What did uh They didn't, and they only used them for what, two innings maybe on the first game?
0: Well, did I think half point six.
1: Yeah, so it's three innings. Yeah. I, think, I think you're right. So three innings on Tuesday. They had a day off Monday. Uh, so you're off day. A couple of, you know, they used, who'd they use on the, used Helsley, Cabrera, and Reyes. So, you know, Gallegos didn't even pitch in that game. Um, you know, day off on, Wednesday because of the Wainwright game than yesterday. So yeah, if Flair didn't go, I think he could go five. I mean, I don't. Of course, you know, all year long, he's only gone. He's gone seven twice. He's gone six, one, two, three, four times. So, you know, if he goes six, that would be probably about the limit of what you'd expect. Yeah. To, so. He's got to go at least – I think he's got to go at least five. If he goes less than five, then then you start worrying about the bullpen for the weekend.
0: Yeah, I was thinking four or five is what you'd probably expect tonight. Um, and then uh, – but, yeah, that, that was before, you know, everything happened yesterday.
1: I think it also it probably helps Flaherty to go up against the Royals, right? I mean, instead of – you know, at one time there was some thinking of it was going to work out that his first start was going to be against the Brewers, which, I mean – He's done well against the Brewers this year, but the Brewers only last year, and the Brewers are a good team. Um, to be able to kind of work his way in to make his last rehab start, if you will, against the Royals, uh, that I think that's got to have some value, and probably one of the reasons they would. I mean, besides the fact that Flaherty was chomping at the bit to to get back, and hasn't seemed to show any indication that he doesn't isn't ready. Um, to be able to pitch either against Pittsburgh yesterday or against, as it turns out, Kansas City today, um, the the lesser competition probably doesn't hurt.
0: Yeah. And I, I wonder how much Milwaukee factored into that anyway, you know, cause I was thinking about, about when he would start and where they would go in that week after, but you're right. It would have made, wouldn't have made any difference whether it was yesterday or today.
1: Yeah. No, not with the off day.
0: Yeah. Know. So the DH uh, makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, it does. I know that, I mean, we keep hearing that he hurt himself swinging. I remember at the time there was an idea that he was hurt during pitching and he, you know, made it worse when he hit um and i know that there's you know a lot of pro dh people out there you know pointing at that but you know that's part of the you know injuries are part of the game and everywhere and i know that we could tell you we could avoid those but pitchers get hurt enough as it is so um but yes i can understand you know that's just one less thing he has to worry about and focus on yeah exactly Um, and, and Shilt was right. I mean, and him, it was honestly a good thing to hear from Schultz. You know, he said, look, you you know, you always just say, well, just send him up to bunt or send him up there to, you know, basically take a non-competitive at bat. But there are times, you know, if you come up in the fourth inning and, and the bases are loaded with one out, you know, you kind of need your pitcher to do something. You know, you, need, you may need to swing the bat. And you can't pinch it for him there because you need him to pitch more innings. And so there are times where you have to at least have the threat of him swinging the bat. Um even if he's not necessarily going to, you know, get a hit or anything, so um, so it makes sense um, for them to, to do that. Um, I'm, I'm. You're right. I, I'm going to be very interested to see how he does tonight. I am going to be interested to see how Michaelis does when he returns. And I'm, you're right. I'm kind of with you. Is I'm not expecting a whole lot from Michaelis. I guess I'm expecting him to stay healthy this time around. But you know, I've said it before. I said anything at the time that Michael's extension was not necessarily the smartest idea of the front office, just because they had him for another year. And now that extension has been eaten up with a whole lot of injuries. Um, you know, 20 didn't pitch at all, basically has not pitch, but at 21 um, and 19, wasn't a real great year for him. Um, you know, I'd like to see something come out of him. And then they have got him again for next year. Um, I just don't, And I mean, he's going to be a step up from, you know, the Lesters and the Haps, at least what they've been all year. They've been, you know, Haps have been good for St. Louis. But he's going to be a three or four starter. I think that's the best you can hope for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think a lot of the mystery with uh, Michaelis right now comes around the fact that we really don't know what it was. You know, it was, you know, he was injured last year. We know what that was, but it was non-surgical, didn't pitch. And you know what I'm saying? It's just, I don't know. There's a lot of mystery to that arm that feels a whole lot like Mark Mulder to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good, pretty good uh, comparison. I think that you know Mulder was a, a guy that expected a lot from and never really got it.
0: Always um, close, but never made it. You know, yeah. it's just it was yeah. tough.
1: Yeah, um, remember at the time of that trade, everybody thought Derek Barton was going to be the big thing. <laughs> oh made. yeah, and uh, it turned out to be a little bit more of Dan Heron. Um,
0: yeah, it was funny. The uh, I remember we were talking about. Last week of the guys that have been in line of, uh, um, you know, here we are complaining and Kisner started last week. By the way, <laughs> you know, yeah, right after yeah, the show. Yeah. But uh, the line of guys that we'd heard that were that were next to succeed Yachty, and I feel like it started with Barton, and so. uh, yeah, and it was weird because they were trying to find other positions for him and whatnot. But he was a uh, Baseball America darling, and I remember that trade thinking, "Oh man, I'm glad they were able to use him for something as big as." You know, Mulder, and, you know, I'm not sure it was successful on either side, really. I don't know, Mulder had a really, really good year here, but, you know. Yeah. Um,
1: I remember it was back uh, when I was still fairly new to, well, I guess I'd say that was 04, I think, with that trade, right? Or five, one of the two. Yeah. So I'd been on boards for a little bit, but I remember a post on one of the boards of a guy pointing out, like, the only, because what Barton had done at, Single A, because remember he was only a single A guy at yeah. the time. But it pointed out that the only things that had been done, the only people that had done that in the Cardinal history were like holes and somebody else. I mean, it was like this guy was going to be, you know, slam dunk star because you know it, this is this is where his, you know, you compare him to these guys because that's what they did at Single A, uh, which is kind of what we hear a little bit, you know, from it's kind of similar of this, you know, Jordan Walker's, uh, you know, yeah, good of, you know, he's doing stuff at single A that Pujols and Tavares did and stuff like that. But anyway, so it's was like, yeah, that's going to be a, you know, maybe that may be an interesting one. And then just, it was, I mean, he made it to the major leagues, So it was success for him. You know, he made it to the, he bounced around for a bit in the major leagues. Um, but yeah, the Dan Heron part of that trade hurt, uh, hurt a lot more. Um, and yeah, it was, it was good. And it's, I think it's not, it's not an accident that Ender Kisner has played I think if I'm right, like once a series since the trade deadline, Um, I think that, I don't know. I don't know if there's been discussions without, with Yachty uh, and maybe this idea that, or it's just, look, we're, we need to, we're not really in the race here, you know, or we're not, we got to see this guy. I don't know what the deal is, but you know, it's, it's not always been like a day game after a night game either. I mean, he's played like in the middle of the series or something like that. I'm glad to see it. Um, And I don't, you know, we need to see what Andrew Kisner could do. And and if Yachty comes back next year, which we, I don't know if we talked about last year, last week or not, but there was that idea that he was looking for attention. Um, If he comes back next year, it just, it's hard to see him be the starting catcher because that, you know, it's kind of time. I don't want to say it's time to fully move on. I'm fine with Yachty coming back next year, I'm fine with him catching Adam Wainwright. And I'm fine with him, you know, trying to continue to set records. I mean, Yachty's got a chance to be second in a lot of catching categories if he comes back and plays a decent the next year. But there's got to be, there's got to be like an even timeshare at best next year if Yachty comes back.
0: Yeah, you'd want to see it. I mean, because then, it, I mean, here we are talking about Newt Bar, you know, in his first year yeah. back. You talk about it. somebody that was handled poorly has been uh, Kisner. And, but, yeah. Yeah, I would think that that would be in the works, but I've said that for five years.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we continue to say that. I mean, we said that. yadi's you know, not his last contract, the contract before that. You know, it's like, oh, it's just going to give him a chance to, you know, you know, work his, ease his way out and to, for Carson Kelly, we thought. And then, no, not not so much. Um, I mean, Yadi will be out there tonight. Um, but I, Yeah. Kisner will probably play Sunday, don't you think? I don't Um, think so. Yeah, especially the way that
0: they've done it, you know, in the past week.
1: Yeah. I think he gets one there. Um, You know, he's going to catch every game Adam of pitches, and he should. Yeah. Um, But if if Kisner could get into one game a series, um, he might not play against the Brewers. We'll see how that series goes. But I'd like to see him get in at least once every series to get a start. Yeah. I thought it was kind of interesting yesterday as we're just kind of hitting on little random bits of pieces here before we end the show a little bit interesting yesterday that, that, uh, Schilt actually pinch hit Yachty yeah. um, and used both catchers. I mean, granted it was in the ninth and granted the fact that he'd burned through his bench, um, unintentionally as much, but you know, just because of the injuries and stuff like that, um, didn't have a whole lot of option, but uh, you don't really see that very much from him.
0: Yeah, that's it, it. I thought that was interesting as well. And they, they commented on it several times on the broadcast that this is pretty <laughs> rare. When he gets a day off, it's usually a day off. You know, yeah. but you know, they obviously, you know, had to burn the two players because of the Carlson situation. So, you know, probably doesn't happen if not.
1: Yeah, probably not. And uh, you know, and it was a situation where better was in scoring position, which does tend to lend a good spot for Yachty, as you said earlier. Um Yeah, that... It was, it was good to hear – I don't want to say it's good to hear, but it was maybe a little bit comforting to hear. Because watching the game, you're like, why didn't Newt Bar stay in? Why didn't Newt Bar just – you know, they do double switch? Because Newt Bar had pinch hit, hit his home run, and then the next inning Carlson's out and Rondon's playing the outfield. And we're like, why didn't you just double switch? And it turned out they had inserted Nuke Bar – you know, as a pinch hitter uh, before they found out they needed to replace Carlson. And so they couldn't, they kind of got caught there. I think otherwise they would have, because that was just like, it goes back to what we're talking about with new and such. That was like, what does the guy have to do to actually play the field? <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 You're not much there. Exactly. Uh, at, least, at least it had some reasons behind it. Uh, anything else? Uh, uh, no, there? no. You know, uh, I, yeah,
0: well, well. No, not really. I was going to yeah, say we, I, I was going to rally back to some more uh, next year stuff where, you know, Gorman's hitting right now, which may play a factor in that middle infield true. depth, but you know, that's that's for another day.
1: Yeah, I mean, from what I understand from you know, again, listening to Kyle I mean, he still has a little bit of work to do, but he also has a lot of work to do defensively, but yeah, if there is a DH next year, you know, what does that factor in and, you know how how does that you know, if we talk about the young moving to second, but if Gorman's going to be able to play second, at least passably, you know, Yeah. There's some, some interesting things there. I'm still, and I, I look forward to when we can really get down into the, yeah. the uh, off season. Cause I'm still kind of the opinion that even if the Cardinals have a lot of money coming off, you know, it's probably just going to get it eaten up in arbitration and stuff like that. And this team might not look a whole lot different next year than it does now, but you know, no. We'll, we'll talk about it then. Um, Alan and I'll be with you next Friday. Um, talking about hopefully, uh, another good run. And we'll talk about that brewer series as well. So until then for Alan, I'm Daniel, good night, good night. Shooter from the belt to the plate, a swing and a miss. And that's a winner. That's a winner. A world series winner for the Cardinals.